0: the Lord along with the decorations do you replace spiritual things with other priorities what do you do after you visited the manger that's the real question I want us to think about together as we celebrate Christmas Eve worship together here in church what do you do when Christmas is done That's not just a question we have. That's the same question that those who experienced the first Christmas had to ask themselves. What do you do with Jesus after you've seen what God has done? After shepherds have been called down from a hillside. After wise men have come from afar. After Mary and Joseph have experienced the fulfillment of everything that the angel promised. What do you do with Jesus? And the Bible gives us some answers by describing the responses of those particular people. And reminding us through their response of how you and I need to respond to Christmas. What do you do when the manger is put away for another year? And as we look at some of the contrast I want us to see this morning. We may learn something about what God has planned for us in the year to come. So what do you do after Jesus? Well the Bible tells us this. Some received him and some rejected him. From the moment they rushed from the hillsides, the shepherds had no doubt. They had come to see the king. It had been announced to them here's a savior. When the evening started, they had no idea that God even knew who they were, and now God had sent his angels. They had appeared to them on the hillside, told them, make their way through the darkness into Bethlehem, find the manger, there's the Savior, he's a king, he's going to be Christ the Lord. Every promise God had made to his people was being fulfilled that very night, and they were invited to be witnesses. Incredible. Incredible. As they gathered around the baby Jesus, they didn't look to see the rustic setting of the stable or the peasant couple or the tiny town. They looked and saw the fulfillment of everything God had ever promised. And they made a decision. And the decision was this. They would believe and tell everybody what God had done for them. They had a reaction to Christmas, and their reaction was this. We're going to worship him for the rest of our lives. The Bible says they rushed out and told everybody what they had experienced. But I have no doubt that they didn't tell that story one night, go home, and that was the end of it. I have a feeling that for those shepherds who were gathered on that hillside for the rest of their lives... Anytime they were around a group of people, anytime their family gathered or when they found themselves around folks they hadn't known, they would probably say, let me tell you, let me tell you what happened to me. It was the most incredible thing. I was there when God came. I saw it all, and I'll never forget what it was like. It was a response of wonder to what God had accomplished. You compare what happened to the shepherds and realize that their reaction to Jesus was completely different from that of King Herod. He's another one of those characters, isn't he? Remember, the wise men come from afar. Where is he who has been born? The king of the Jews. And Herod became part of the story. He's not a hero of the story. He's the villain of the story, isn't he? He felt no joy at the news of the Messiah's birth. He was not eager to see what God has done. Here's the thing that I think is so interesting. But more than most people, Herod understood who the baby king was. You know, one of the things you learn when you study about the life of Herod is this. He really was fascinated by the things that were going on in the Jewish religion. He wanted to understand what biblical truth was about. Now, he didn't want to know because he wanted a heart change. He just wanted a head change. He wanted to comprehend who are these people I'm ruling over and what do I need to know about them in order to maintain control. He knew the word. He'd heard the witness of the prophets. He recognized that when those men were brought into his throne room that what God had promised was taking place. But here's the difference. Herod had no interest in seeing prophecy fulfilled. He had no desire to see God send the Messiah, a Savior, into the world. Because guess what? If there's a new king, there's no longer an old king. And Herod wasn't interested in stepping aside to let anybody take over, even if it's the Son of God. So rather than kneeling to worship he saw the Lord as a threat to his power instead of worshiping Jesus he did everything he could to destroy him you remember what was Herod's radical reaction to learning about the birth of that baby in Bethlehem he said the best way we can handle this whole situation is let's send the army let's go into Bethlehem and let's find every boy two years old and younger and kill him if we kill them all We're bound to get the one that we're trying to find. And had God not warned Joseph to leave and go to Egypt, Jesus might have been part of that massacre. God protected his son. Can you imagine this, though? Here is King Herod thinking God has done the most incredible thing in the history of the world. I refuse to kneel, I refuse to worship. Herod made the personal choice to reject the Lord. And it seems to me on this New Year's Eve that that's a decision that everybody has to make. Receive or reject. It's the decision we have to make about Jesus Christ. Now, we may not have Herod's power to try to take away the Lord, and we may not have a physical presence where we can go and see the Lord, but this is what we know. God sent his son. His son came to be the Savior. The world is completely different because of him, and lives are changed eternally through the truth that God sent his son to be the one who would redeem his people from their sins receive it or reject it and that's the decision every single one of us makes isn't it every single one of us makes the decision what am i going to do with jesus and the answer is will i receive him or will i reject him but that's not the only decision that was made second decision was this some serve jesus from nearby and some from afar You know, if there's anybody in the Bible, any figure in the Bible that I just kind of wish the Lord had inspired somebody to tell us a little bit more about, for me that would be Joseph of Nazareth. I would love to know more about the life of Joseph. Isn't it interesting that God said to him, I've chosen you to be the earthly father of my son. I am sending an angel to let you know what is going on. I am going to tell you later how to protect him and care for him. And then Joseph just kind of disappears. And we really don't know a lot about him, but we know all we need to know. And it was this, Joseph knew how he was to serve God's son. God had gave him a special role. He was to be protector and guide. The same angel that told him Jesus was to be born is the same one who would appear to him later and warn him to carry his family into Egypt. Later, he would appear once more instructing Joseph that it was safe to carry his family back to Nazareth, his hometown. It was obvious that to Joseph what his role was to be. His role was to stay close to Jesus. You protect God's son. You provide for God's son. You prepare God's son for all the things that are going on. He was to protect him, to guide him, to prepare him, to teach him a craft, to teach him about his heavenly father. He was to spend the rest of his life preparing Jesus for what was to come. Now, as far as we know, Joseph never saw Jesus fulfill that promise. He passed away before Jesus began his ministry, as best we know. But in those early years, he was always there, serving Jesus from right up close. Every day, he saw God's Son. Well, that's wonderful, and the disciples got to do that, but Joseph got to see God's Son every day and feed God's Son and provide for God's Son. And equip God's son. Do you think there was ever a time when Joseph had to discipline God's son? I think probably that's part of the preparation for becoming the man that God had sent him to be. Joseph served the Lord and he served him from right up close. For most of his growing up life, Jesus of Nazareth was never more than arm lengths away from his father think about that think about that serve him from up close be there for him when he needs you the most make sure that everything's going to be okay God had given Joseph an incredible commission take care of my son the wise men were given different instructions the Bible says after they had seen and worshiped Jesus they were told to go back home they were sent back to their own country to bear witness to what they had seen they were sent to carry the gospel into the world their job was not to stay close not to buy the house next door and watch Jesus all of his growing up years they had seen it they had witnessed it they had followed the star they had uh, seen the son of God for themselves and now they were sent back to the world to carry the gospel message that God was at work. From the beginning, it was obvious that Jesus didn't come to save a certain few at a certain time in a certain place. He came to save the world. It reminds us that Jesus came to save everyone who believes. The Bible later would say, Jew and Gentile, male and female, boy and girl, everybody. Everybody's included in God's saving plan. And God continues to use people the same way today. And I think he issues that same call in different people's lives. Some are called to serve Jesus right where they are. They are called to come and stay. God calls us and says, you come, you serve me, you stay right where I've placed you, and you serve me here. One of the exciting things we're going to do together as a church in the month of January, as we begin a new year, is we're going to gather together and we're going to participate in the ordination of Larry Bird into the gospel ministry. Larry asked me as we were talking about this some weeks ago, he said, does God really call you to serve him in your 70s? And I said, he did Moses when he was 80 this is exciting because nobody knew what God was up to a few months ago I took Larry to lunch and I asked him to step in and help me out while we were in the midst of a lot of staff transition and he was more than willing to do that for a little while on a temporary basis and then God began to work in his life and we ordained him but we don't plan to send him off i think god's call is you come and stay you serve me right where you are right where you've already served me as a deacon and as a sunday school teacher and as chairman of the pastor search committee and all the things you'd already done and now god's doing a new thing come and stay others are set apart to go and serve him to carry the message wherever god sends them they are taught, called to go and tell. You go somewhere else and you tell folks what God has done. I was just thinking this morning over the course of this past year about those folks that God has sent to go and tell. That's why Jeff is here leading our worship. It's why Sam is here serving us as well because God has said you go to that place and you serve me there now God can just as easily say to one of us you go to the uttermost parts of the earth you go where I want you to go this past Friday I had to return to Haleville to be part of a, a funeral service for one of our folks who had passed away there and And, you know, I I thought as I drove up there, there was a time in my life when I thought, this is where I'll be. This is where I'll be until I retire. And when I retire, this is where I'll be until I pass away. And then if anybody moves to Birmingham, it'll be Judith who's looking for a place to settle. But that was not God's plan. And God said, you go. And for the past 10 years, it's been my great joy, my great pleasure to get to serve this church. Why? Because God said, go and tell. And that's what he does with some of us. With some of us, he says, come and stay. And with some of us, he says, go and tell. And that doesn't just mean people who are set apart in the ministry. That's all of us. Every single one of us is listening to the Lord say something to us. About where He wants us to serve Him and how He wants us to serve Him. And sometimes we understand what's going on, and sometimes we don't have a clue, and sometimes God does something completely unexpected. So, how do you know? How do you know on this New Year's Eve? How do you know what God is going to do with you in the next year? Well, the answer is very simple. It's something that I heard Dr. Jeff Orge say not long ago. the the uh, the president of gateway seminary and this is what he said he said you know everybody worries about finding and following God's will in their life and he said this is all you really do you simply pray and you say to the Lord Lord my yes is on the table now you tell me what that means that's a scary prayer isn't it Lord my yes is on the table now you tell me what that means and as we stand at the verge of a new year that's exactly what we're called to do whether we're to come and stay or whether we're to go and tell we're simply to say to the Lord my yes is on the table Lord now you fill in the blank and I'll trust you and I'll follow you Bible also says this it says some were touched for a moment and some were changed forever The Bible describes, Luke describes how people reacted to the events that happened on the night of the star. The Bible says that as the shepherds rushed into the town that those who heard the witness of the shepherds marveled at what they heard. Well, wouldn't you? They came in all excited, and they couldn't believe what had happened. And everybody that they saw, they stopped and they told, and people marveled at what they were hearing. Amazing news, incredible story. It's obvious to everyone that something happened to those shepherds. For days, Bethlehem buzzed with the news they had shared. People talked about it, speculated about what it might mean, debated about what had really happened. But there's one thing that nobody did. Nobody went to see for himself. As far as we know from what the Bible says. It says people marveled at what they had heard. But not one time does it say let's go see for ourselves. Nobody made the journey to the stable to see the baby king. The new savior and what happened then is the same thing that happens these days and so after a few days other things became more pressing other events seemed to be more interesting and they forgot all about Jesus it was something to talk about but none of them experienced him personally so different from the response of Mary the mother of Jesus This is how the Bible describes Mary's response. It says, she kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. That means for years to come, she treasured all that she had seen and heard. She remembered the promises that had been fulfilled. She thought about what it all meant, and she let it all draw her closer to the Lord. Mary allowed what had happened to be the most personal thing that ever happened in her life. Well of course it's her baby child but more than that she knew from the very first moment this was her Savior King. And even today when people are witnesses to what Jesus can do they have to make a choice about how they're going to respond. Will it be life changing or will it be the way some people Will experience the Lord today and forget about him tomorrow because that's what's going to happen to too many folks after Christmas you kind of pack away Jesus the way you pack away everything else and while you think about what he did for you you also think but I don't have to think about it again at least not until next year but then there are others who are going to be willing to think about it pray about it respond to it experience the Lord in a personal way and those are the people whose lives are going to be changed there are going to be so many people that once this Christmas has come and gone they will have heard the story they will have attended services they may have been part of some gatherings that were centered around Jesus but as soon as it's done they just kind of put that aside that's a Christmas kind of thing and they don't think about him again For next year until next year but then there were going to be those who are going to say what does it mean for me to follow Jesus into a new year receive or reject close or far away for a moment or forever Everybody reacts to Jesus one way or another, but there's one thing that everybody had in common. They had to do something. Once you've heard the gospel, once you know God did this and he did it for you, then you have to make a decision. You cannot be neutral about Jesus. You can't just say, well, I'm glad that happened, but it has nothing to do with me. Not once you've heard the gospel. Not once you know God loved the world and sent his son. Once you know Jesus came to die. Once you know he rose again from the grave. And then you hear those incredible two words, for you. Then you've got to do something about it. You just can't be neutral. Neutral so i guess my question for us this morning as we begin a new year is simply this what are we going to do with jesus for some of you here that question is a salvation question what are you going to do with jesus you've heard the gospel you know it's for you you've experienced his call in your heart the one thing you've never done is say yes and maybe today that's where you begin a new year you begin a new year as a new creation in Christ Jesus just like Kimberly talked to our kids about a few moments ago or maybe if you are a believer it means God is saying this is what I want to do with you and maybe for some of you that means I want you to serve me through this church and today you need to put your membership at First Baptist and serve him at the beginning of a year Maybe God's dealing with you about something very personal and you know exactly what it is he's talking to you about. He wants you to respond with commitment and conviction. Is there something you need to do? We're going to stand. We're going to sing our invitation hymn. If God is speaking to you and you need to come, you don't wait. You come. Let's stand together. been a good New Year's Eve in the Lord's house. I'm glad we got to share this time together as we look forward to what God has in store for 2024. Let me remind you again, we don't have services tonight, so if you come back, come prepared to lead yourself, okay? Uh, If you would like to carry home a poinsettia, we'd love to see those go and be used. They are available for a good home and you be sure and pick one up on your way out. And remember to check that mailbox. And if you have cards there, take them home. Because somebody loves you and wants you to know how much that they care about you. So you look for your cards. And if you don't have enough and you see cards that belong to somebody that's not here, take those too. Because today is going to be the last day to distribute the cards. It's been good to be in God's house. Let's bow together let's pray. And then one last song as we're dismissed. Father, we do thank you for this past year. What a blessing it has been, and especially, Lord, this season of Christmas. But, Lord, now we set it aside, not so we can pack Christ up and put him away for a year, but so that, Father, we can go ahead and put our yes on the table and let you lead us into what you have planned for the year to come. Bless us, Lord, as we continue to serve you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Shout to the Lord.